What's up everybody Green Bay today here back for another episode and today we are going to be discussing the Packers victory over the Minnesota Vikings by a score of 43 to 34. Um, I'll you know begin the episode by giving you guys two little facts about that score. One, the 43 points that the Green Bay Packers scored was the most most by an NFL team week one uh, for the start of the season. Um, if you'd have told me that the Packers were going to head into Minnesota and put up 43 points, not only on the Vikings defense, but a Mike Zimmer ran defense, I probably would have called you crazy. Um, so yeah, they they had a really, really successful day offensively. And another fact about this score, um, kind of a really random fact, 43 to 34 is scoregami. <laughs> Here, we'll, we'll give it a little round of applause for some scoregami. Um, for those who don't know what Scorigami is, basically Scorigami is just a score that has never happened before. Um, I know there's an account on Twitter you can follow for that. Um, but basically, I think it was like the 1,000th and something like unique score in the NFL. And it was the only one that happened week one in the Packers and Vikings um, attributed to one of the counts of Scorigami, which is always fun to see on Twitter. So anyway, well, the... Without any further ado, we'll we'll dive right into this new episode that we got going. Um, so, first and foremost, I'd like to, I'd like to say, um, in the first quarter, I mean, Green Bay really really struggled offensively. Um, I know that they put up forty three points, which you know if they're going to put that up at the end of the day, I'll take that you know ten times out of ten, even if they do struggle in the first quarter. But uh, I know in the first quarter they drove down. They had a really, really nice-looking drive, their opening drive. They, get, they got all the way down to the red zone inside the 10-yard line, I, th I believe, and then had to settle for a field goal, which is never good. It's not it's not terrible, but you have a drive like that, and, you know, you're especially on the road. Um, you got you to gotta find a way to punch it in. Um, but then Minnesota got the ball, their opening drive, and they pounded it right down the Packers' throats, and we go, here we go, are we going to get the ball, you know, stuffed down our throats again? Um, and it was 7-3, to three, and we're like, here we go, man. Like, it, I like, is this really about to happen again? But then Green Bay, once again, drove down the field, and this is where they, you know, kind of started to stall a little bit. Um, I know they got down into the red zone, and uh, I think what happened was they got inside the five, I think, and they were at like the one and then they went for it on fourth down and they just they just could not punch it in, unfortunately. I know they had a couple of runs there and a lot of people, you know, said they like to see AJ Dillon, including myself. I thought, you know, that was a perfect spot for AJ Dillon to come in and run the ball. Um, but the play that turned it over was that little screen to Devontae Adams and he just played out and simply just dropped the ball. Um it was a catchable ball for sure. Not too much you can do about that, but at the end of the day, um, in the first quarter, looking back at things, you know, after the the game has kind of died down a little bit and all the talk about it, um, that's kind of why I waited to make this episode so I can really take it all in and look at it. Um, that's Those are just points you have got to have, especially on the road, especially against a divisional opponent. Those games are humongous. Um, but anyway, uh, so after, you know, those two red zone trips without a touchdown, um, the Packers actually started to catch the momentum after they, uh, Jair, thanks to, uh, or after the safety, thanks to Jair Alexander. Um, they basically, at that point, picked up steam and never looked back. And I know Jair, I, th I think Mike Pettin was actually asked about this, or Jair was asked 
Mike Pettin didn't even call like a safety or not a corner blitz, you know, off the edge. That's where Jair just screamed off of the edge. Um, where Sean Gary had some really, really good pressure going. Um, I think it was uh, Riley going on Riley Reef, the left tackle for Minnesota. And Jair just inst- instinctively just said, you know, I'm here. I'm going to make this play. And if Kirk Cousins got the ball off, I think that looking back at the tape, I think that probably would have been a touchdown, uh, like a 99 yard touchdown or 97, whatever it was going to be. Uh, really, really good play by Jair Alexander. And like I said, um, at that point, the Packers really, really just picked up steam and they never looked back. And they, their next drive on offense, I know, I think ended up in a touchdown. Um, or no, 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 it ended up in a field goal. I, yeah, it ended up in a field goal because it was then 8-7. to seven. Yeah, they were, okay, so it was 8-7. to seven. But anyway, uh, not talking about specific drives, I would just also kind of like to touch on how Matt LaFleur utilized every single skill position player, excluding Tim Boyle, um, that entire game. You, If you're going to tell me that John Lovett and Malik Taylor were going to see the field, um, I probably would have said, like, how and what. Huh. Um, I know Malik Taylor got in, I think, on the second or third drive. A little, I think he was in for, like, two or three snaps. John Lovett had a play on the second or third drive. I, he, I think he only had one for the whole game. But still, um, any snap is a valuable snap in the NFL. Um, and it, it, it kind of surprised me to see those guys get in there. I know they... They really, really like the rotation they have going, and that's one thing that they preached um, all this summer was kind of a, a viable rotation between all of their guys and, you know, keeping fresh legs out there. That's kind of the thing that Matt LaFour emphasized um, going into this week's game. And, I mean, I said it last year too, having fresh legs is really, really big, especially um, with Green Bay dominating the time of position. I think in, it ended in Green Bay's favor. I think Green Bay had the ball for over 40 minutes, which is absurd. Um, but having every skilled position player in there and contributing, and even contri- and one thing that is really big that I was just about to get to, contributing um, to you know a play where you're not maybe getting the ball necessarily. Um, let's say a receiver's blocking. I think that's even bigger for a guy that just is a rotational player. And that's how you earn more minutes on the field. So I was really, I was, you know, really pleased by the way that some of those guys came in there and stepped up. I know Al Mazzard had a lot of really good blocks. Um, the plays that Tyler Irvin was in and he got the ball, those were just absolutely electrifying. Uh, Josiah DeGuar had some really, really good blocks. I know I tweeted on Twitter for those that follow me. Um, he had a block where he literally took out two guys with one block on the same play that Al Mazzard and run. That was amazing. Um, Jay Sternberger, um, although he didn't get any receptions, he had a f- really couple good key blocks. Um, and that, that just goes back to the whole concept of having, you know, fresh legs, fresh bodies out there and having the best guys on the field at a time. And I would also like to say that the Packers ran a lot of 13 personnel, which is, you know, you can really mix that up. And they threw a bunch of different kind of formations with 13 personnel against the Vikings. And for those who don't know what 13 personnel is, 13 personnel is one running back, one receiver, and three tight ends. So, for example, you know, I think there's a play where Devontae Adams um, just cooked one of the Vikings linebackers. Um, disgusting footwork. You can probably find it somewhere on Twitter. And then um, there's, you know, other plays where they have 13 personnel. 
and they just pound it right down the you know the Vikings throat and I think that is a really really you know versatile formation that Matt LaFleur uh, can thrive in not only against the Vikings but I think you know going into the other games coming up this season I think they can really really do a good job with that so moving on to kind of the defensive aspect of things these are just my initial thoughts um the Vikings definitely, definitely took advantage of the Packers' run defense, especially when Kenny Clark was out. Um, it it was a really, really big bummer to see Kenny Clark go down. Um, I would say he's probably the most, you may disagree with me, I think he's probably the most important player on the Packers' defense, um, especially with already how weak their run defense is. Um, but Delvin Cook definitely, I think Delvin Cook ended up with two touchdowns over 100 yards. Um, and if you're going to be a successful team in the NFL, you can't give that up, um, you know, week in and week out. Um, the NFL is, oh, obviously, we all know it's a really, really good league. Um, it's full of really, really good players. And no matter who's at running back, um, you there a lot of the time, you know, we all know running back is a pretty serviceable position. Um even Alexander Madison was, you know, starting to get ahead of steam on some some runs. Um, it, I mean, you get any guy back there, he's fully capable of taking advantage of you if you don't have the facilities to uh, affect the run. So I really hope Kenny Clark is back sooner rather than later. We will talk about that a little further down the episode. Um, but Dalvin Cook definitely had a big day for himself, and Alexander Madison, the Vikings' backup running back, also had a pretty decent game himself. So moving on, moving back a little bit out of the front seven, um, the Packers' secondary was, I'll give it to him, it was really, really good in the first half. Third quarter, it was still pretty good. But then in the fourth quarter, man, I don't know what was going on. Kirk Cousins was just slicing and dicing the Packers' secondary. I don't know if it, you know, I mean, maybe it was because of the coverage Mike Pettin was running. I mean, let's all be honest here. I think Green Bay was up by three scores at one, you know, a point in the game um, in the fourth quarter, I believe. So I don't think you're going to, you know, be pressing as much and stuff like that. So, you know, they might be laying back a little bit or playing off coverage there. But, you know, you still that you can't take anything away from what Kirk Cousins did in the fourth quarter against the Packers secondary. And, you know, they're kind of playing catch-up. And the only touchdown I, you know, really wouldn't account for is the last touchdown they got, which was just a perfect ball for those who remember. Uh, Kirk Cousins just lofted a ball um, right over Jair's fingertips, the last touchdown the Vikings got. Nothing Jair could have done there. Uh, it was really good coverage, um, but Kirk, Kirk just threw a better ball. But I think all in all, the secondary had a good day until – I think they had a really good day until the fourth quarter – um, but then again, you know, you look at the score and that was probably a little bit of a factor into it. So that being said, though, I would like to uh, talk about some stats during the game. Um, first and foremost, Aaron Rodgers. That is a bad man, uh, to quote Stephen A. Smith. Um, 32 passes completed, uh, 44 passes attempted. He totaled 364 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, if there was one word to describe Aaron Rodgers Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, that word would be unstoppable. Um, they had no answer for Aaron Rodgers. I know they have a lot of new guys in the secondary, um, but still, you know, you you can't take anything away from a defense in the NFL, especially a Mike Zimmer brand defense. Um, Aaron Rodgers was just making it look too easy, and we all we all know that one thing he won't, you know, 
publicly say that he saw in film in 2010, but I mean, you know, we'll maybe he'll tell us a little bit down on the line, maybe in the offseason or something. But nonetheless, Aaron Rodgers, I think, was the best quarterback in the NFL with no biasy um, in week one. Aaron Jones, the run game, eh, the run game was iffy, I would say. Aaron Jones had uh, 16 attempts for 66 yards. Uh, Jamal Williams, seven rushes, 21 yards. A.J. Dillon had two rushes for 14 yards. And Tyler Irvin capped off the rushes for three rushes and 38 yards. Um, I've, the Packers definitely tallied over 100 yards rushing the ball. That's for sure. But I think, let's see, 23, 25, 28 carries. And they, I think they barely cracked uh, over 100 yards. You get 28 carries in a game, man, with a four-headed monster the Packers have at running back. I know it's a three-headed monster technically, but Tyler Irvin is just, a, you know, screw it. It's a four-headed monster now. Um, you probably would have liked to see a little bit better of a performance um, for the Packers running backs on Sunday. Um, the Vikings have a just dominant front seven, though, even without Daniel Hunter and Michael Pierce that they were missing. Um but still, uh, I, I do think Green Bay's uh, rush offense really comes back this Sunday against Detroit and just eats them alive. Um, so all in all, though, I think there's definitely room for improvement. Um, and like I said, you know, what I said in the beginning of the episode, it's the first game. Uh, there's still stuff that they're probably testing out to do. Um, and, you know, there's they're you know, they're getting back into the swing of things. So. You know, like I said, um, you can't really expect a whole boatload out of them, but I did expect a little more than that. Um, but moving on to the receiving aspect of things, uh, we'll start with the running backs. I know Jones had four receptions, 10 yards. Jamal Williams had four receptions, 21 yards. Uh, A.J. Dillon had no receptions. Tyler Irvin had one reception, six yards. Um, you get nine nine receptions from your running backs a game. You know, you get 10, around 10 receptions uh, from your backs a game. Um, I will take that, and let's see. That was all for a total of 37 yards. So 10 receptions for 37 yards for the Packers uh, receiving backs. Not terrible, not terrible. Um, I think that's like three. I'm so bad at math. Um, it's around three <laughs> um, a catch, but I'm not even going to attempt to do that. I, yeah, never mind. <laughs> um, moving on, though, to the receivers. Um Devontae Adams, man, what a game that guy had. Uh, 14 receptions, 156 yards, two touchdowns, and also tied Don Hudson for the most receptions in a game. Um, MVS had four receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. Al Lazard had four receptions, 63 yards and a touchdown. Josiah DeGuara had one reception and 12 yards. Um, I, you know... I think part of the reason the Packers kind of shied away from the run a little bit, um, why they didn't do as good as maybe I thought or you probably thought maybe, um, it was just because I think a big factor going into that is because of how successful they were in the air attack. Um, you get, you know, those those young guys lined up on Devontae Adams. That's, that's easy money for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. They'll take those out routes all day long and eat you alive until you can figure out a way to stop it. Um, Wide receiver was a huge focal point this offseason for a lot of Packers fans. Um, I was among one of the group of people that thought they were going to address it. They didn't. Um, 
And then I thought a little bit more, and I, you know, I was pretty, I'm pretty content with the wide receiver room right now. There's, there's for sure room for improvement. Um, but you're telling me that all starting receivers, so Adams, Lazard, and MVS, Adams, Lazard, and MVS all had over four receptions and 60 yards plus a touchdown. Give me that every single game, and I don't care who is at receiver. Um, those are killer numbers, and I know uh, Devontae Adams, I think, had 41% of the targets um, from, or no, he had 41% of the receptions. Yeah, that's the right word. Um, from Aaron Rodgers, but still, you know, MVS hits on that crosser that he dropped, um, and then he hits on that deep uh, post corner route that he dropped. MVS had a absolute, you know, monster game against the Vikings if he catches those two balls along with Devontae Adams. Who knows, he might have gotten in twice. Um, El Mazard had a good game himself as well. The Packers really didn't throw to Josiah DeGuara or Sternberger or Tanya in that game. <clears throat> there was only one reception uh, out of the tight ends. But that goes back to what I kind of said in the beginning of the episode with them running a lot of 13 personnel. Um, they, you know, they really like their tight ends to do a lot and block, I think, more than anything. They really, really like their guys that can block. Um, it definitely opens up a lot because, as we all know, the run game opens up the pass game and the play action game at the same time and you it all starts with the run just look no further than the nfc championship game last year sorry i had to do it to you but uh pointing out the blocking i think lazard sternberger and deguara really really their blocking was just stellar i think if that's a word to describe that um they had some really really good blocks uh sunday against the vikings and i think they can look to not only you know tight end wise excluding Lazard. Um, I think Sternberger, DeGuara, and Tanyan, um, I think they'll definitely, you know, be looked at a little more and utilized a little more in the uh, passing game aspect of things. Um, but nonetheless, I was really, really pretty uh, satisfied with the job they did um, week one. But as, you know, as a total package, I think the offense had a really, really good first game, especially with the circumstances of, you know, the offseason um, with no minicamp, no rookie minicamp for the rookies, no OTAs. And then they come into training camp um, like they don't even know if they're going to have a training camp. And then they, you know, I think had a couple of weeks knew they were going to have one. So then there was a ramp up period. They're still not even, you know, practicing really football things yet. And then. I would say in early August, they finally start doing stuff early, mid-August. So 43 points, you know, that's a 33-point improvement from last year's season opener. So I will 100% take that. Um, but moving on to other things, um, Lucas Patrick suffered a shoulder injury, unfortunately. He was questionable, and then halftime came, and um, he was ruled out along with Kenny Clark who suffered a groin injury. I believe that was in the third quarter um, or second quarter, late second quarter, early third quarter, I believe it was. But anyway, um, Kenny Clark went down with a groin injury and I think that is brutal if he is going to be out for an extended period of time. I don't believe that's the case. Um, I do expect him though, because I'm going to be making two more episodes coming up. Um, previewing the Lions game and discussing some questions. Um, 
I do kind of think that he will be out uh, Sunday against Detroit. Um, if they can't have him against the Saints, that is going to be brutal. Um, Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray is a really, really good uh, one-two punch for a running attack, especially in Sean Payton's offense. But I think probably the biggest injury, um, not including Kenny Clark, the you know worst injury, was Lane Taylor, who uh, just I feel really terrible for Lane Taylor. Um, that guy worked his ass off uh, coming up. Uh, I know he lost his job last summer. Or he got hurt last year, lost his job, and then this year he worked his ass off to get this, get, just get back to football. He even took a pay cut to stay here, so that shows you already, you know, how much he wanted to be a part of this football team. And then he goes, you know, ballistic in training camp, and then the first game of the season he tears his ACL. Um, I'm recording this currently Thursday. And the Packers have still not put him on IR. Um, I, I'm not sure if they're going to do it. Um, I know they, they might just have him be one of the game day inactives. I know they've done that before with somebody who had a season ender. Um, but yeah, I, I just, that was a just real gut punch, not only as a Packer fan for Lane Taylor, but just, you know, outside of football and just, you know, liking him as a guy and as a person. Um, that was a real gut punch. Gut gut punch geez um to me i don't know about you guys but i i really feel for him and i hope he can get back to uh playing football next year and the level he was at so i just want to go over some quick points um with defense right here i know there was a lot of things to discuss um i already touched on some of the stuff but we'll start again um like i said the run defense was pretty shaky and like i said i don't think kenny clark's gonna play this sunday so I think I would expect Zadarius Smith to play a lot of three-tech. Uh, for those who don't know, that is basically lining up over the guard slash center. Um, or maybe even they throw Rashawn Gary in three-tech. Who knows? Um, or they call up uh, Willington Provilon or uh, Billy Wynn from the practice squad. We'll see what they do there for uh, nose tackle. They're going to have to do something. Um, another point on defense, Chris Barnes, man, that dude got the nod, the nod over Summers and Barnes, who was signed to the 53 literally the day before the game, and he gets the start, who was the first undrafted free agent to start for the Packers since like 1970-something, which, I'm not going to lie to you, I was shocked to see Chris Barnes out there. Um, he had 15 total snaps, and according to PFF, he was the Packers' highest rated player on defense on Sunday. That's awesome. He had a real eye-opening tackle. Um, I know the Vikings tried to get a little uh, screen pass to Dalvin Cook, um, and he was just having none of it. I believe that was in the second or third quarter. Um, kudos to him, man. Hell of a rookie debut, and I think um, he'll be on the field a lot. And I know we're uh, really missing uh, Kamal Martin right now, but if Kamal Martin comes back and Chris Barnes is balling out, it's going to be hard to take Chris Barnes off the field um, if he keeps balling out. Uh, it was only 15 snaps, but those 15 snaps look pretty promising for a dude that was undrafted. So, um, The pass rush, though, uh, the pass rush definitely gave Cousins some trouble. Um, I know it wasn't as bad as last year when Zendarius had three and a half sacks against the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Um, I know Rashawn Gary absolutely had a great great game i know a lot of people like to look at the sacks and a lot of people like to look at the numbers um he didn't have a sack he nearly had a sack 
um, on one play. Kirk Cousins just scooted up for literally, I think, half a yard, or else it would have been a, 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 a tallied sack. Um, uh, I knew I know he had the most pressures on the Packers defense uh, for week one against the Vikings, um, according to PFF. I know that is also true. And I am really, really excited to see what Rashawn can do as the further we get into the season. Um, also, the defense nodded a safety, an interception, and a turnover on downs, thanks to uh, Jair Alexander for the safety and the interception. I think um, he had a really, really good game, which, by the way, he is one of the players of the game. Um, for me, I think that was a pretty obvious choice. Um, but also speaking on the secondary, um, I know I kind of bombarded them a little bit um, earlier, but they definitely look legit. I think it's a top five secondary in the NFL, and I have no hesitation saying that. I know they didn't have a good fourth quarter against the Vikings, but like I said, I think a little bit of the factor going into that is you're up 17 in the fourth quarter. Um, that's three scores. I think you're going to give a team a little bit of a cushion. Um, you know, just because you're kind of playing that prevent-ish defense. Um, I don't count that last touchdown. I mean, I know it ha- I know it happened, but, like, that was a garbage time touchdown. Even the Vikings, they would admit that. Um, I think the, uh, the O-line versatility or D-line versatility really helped. I know, like, I, I don't know why I said O-line. Um, once Kenny Clark got out, um, I, I know I saw Zadarius Smith line up in three tech, which, you know, that makes me believe they're going to try to do that um, next week um, or this week against Detroit coming up on Sunday. Um, I know Dean Lowry is also capable of playing a nose tackle. Tyler Lancaster is also capable of playing three tech, you know, over over the center of the guards. So we'll see. I'm I'm really, you know, interested to see what they do because I, I just I don't see a way especially with a groin injury um, being kind of so nagging. Um, I have had a, gro- a groin injury personally. I not Probably not to the extent that Kenny's had it, um, but it definitely nags on you, and it's not fun. Um, so I, I just don't see him going um, this Sunday against Detroit. I really don't. Um, and lastly, um, you know, kind of touching on the defense, they laid off the gas pedal in the fourth quarter, and it – it kind of surprised me a little bit that the game ended in a nine-point differential. Um, but nonetheless, um, it was a really good game, I think, by the defense until kind of the fourth quarter. And they um, they looked really good. We all know how uh, really good they can be and what they're capable of. So, And you mix that, you know, that defense with an offense that puts up 43 points on a Mike Zimmer defense. That is a Super Bowl not even a contending team that is a super bowl capable super bowl winning team so lastly the very last thing i want to touch on i posted this on my instagram my three players of the game rogers with the three star aaron i think that was an obvious choice adams with the two star and alexander with the one star um those are my players of the game so with all that being said this 27 minutes and 17 seconds into the podcast I think that's going to wrap it up for me today. Um, I Like I said, I wanted to wait for everything to kind of die down um, on, uh, you know, during during the week um, because the game was on Sunday and, you know, there's still a lot of um, high emotions riding off of the game, you know, from, from people that, you know, give their early reactions and whatnot. And all the talk kind of dies down a little bit um, the later into the week you get. 
because most of the attention goes looking at the next game. So you are going to definitely see more recap episodes from me. You're going to see, I'll tell you guys right now, I'm going to be recording another episode right after this one. You're not going to hear this one the same day, though. Um, I'm going to be recording your questions. I know I got a bunch of questions on my story. I'm going to be answering some of those. That'll kind of be a short-ish episode. And then I'm going to be giving you guys another preview with another guest. So, and then here and there during the season, I will... Whoops, that's my bad. The uh, the audio cut out on me. But what I was going to say was I am going to be having a miscellaneous episode um, coming up probably every every couple weeks. So that is going to be th- at least three episodes a week from me. And one is going to be with a guest for sure, maybe even more. And some weeks it's going to be four episodes. So like I said, um, if you're listening to this podcast right now, take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story and tag me and I will post it right back on my story and uh, give you some love because I really appreciate it. So if you're listening right now, just let me know. I want to see who listens to my podcast. Um, Leave a thumbs up on the platform you're listening on if that's possible. I don't know if it is or not. Um, I know it's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow me, all that good stuff. But uh, with that being said, guys, we got the Lions on Sunday. Um, Really looking forward to that game and I will be back with another two more episodes before we see the game Sunday against Detroit. So you guys have a great rest of your day, night, whatever it may be. we got the Lions on Sunday. Going to be a good game. And go Pack Go! Mm-hmm.